You know, you're getting pretty good at this job, Rookie. I've been here half a year already. When are you gonna stop calling me Rookie? My name is Saji Crossroad. Huh? Eddie Miyasaka, right? On suspicion of conspiring with Catherine, <laughs> you are hereby... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miyasaka, what's going on here? I'm taking you in, too. Me? What did I do? Wait a minute. Won't you even tell me what I've done? Please, stop it! Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given Double O another try. My name is Jeremy. I'm fresh over here from 86. I'm Tyler. Yes, and Zach. <laughs> what, why Why are you staring at me? Sorry, I, I had a mental just fail, like 404 brain not found. Are you talking about 86, the anime from a couple years ago? Yes. Okay. I need to watch that. My name is Zach. <laughs> No, Sorry, the, I'm really freaking tired. No, that's fair. The entire reason I brought it up is the designs of the autonomous mechs in this vaguely remind me of the autonomous mechs in 86. I had a, um, basically I skip slept last night, so I went to sleep, woke up at midnight, fell asleep, woke up at one, fell asleep, woke up at two. How's that different than a normal night, Zach? <laughs> Normally, I go to sleep and I sleep till five. What's that like? Yeah, that sounds... I, I've actually been doing pretty much the exact same thing for the last, like, three weeks. And I'm like, I'm feeling it, Mr. Krabs. I'm feeling it. <laughs> you know, I had a standalone complex joke already for those automatons. Oh, yeah, those are way closer, too, huh? So we are here for part two of Gundam Double We are watching episode 26 today, The Angel's Second Advent. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think that's so. right. Yeah, it's Second Impact. It's a... I think it's a pretty rad title. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bit grandiose, but also I'm not complaining because this episode is kind of a baller. I think it's kind of a good one. It has one of my absolute favorite Gundam designs. The beat-up ass Exia? Yes. Yes, it's really good. <laughs> ah, that's the reason we saved the Exia until now. <laughs> Although, maybe we want to rank them separately. We'll get to that at the end of the episode. So I think our impression of this episode is pretty good all around. It manages to get a lot of second season benefits of, hey, we don't need to set anything up and we can just like show you weird ideas and you can be and you can ask questions like, How, what is this going on? And you'll have different context for it. But we don't have to tell you who Saji Crossroad is. You know who that guy is. When they say something along the lines of take this new chick with you, you know her name. So, you know, you're invested in it's like, you know, it, it prompts out an instant question. What's she doing here? Why is her arm back? No, I was actually thinking that the entire time. I'm like, I actually kind of wish they had just started the show on this, but I feel like they would have needed to have done a little bit of setup that, in order to get to this. That's the problem, is that if they started here, they'd need to do their homework for a lot of these characters. Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that comes through that's so good in this episode is because of all the character moments that were set up previously. I, th I think especially the like loose affiliation between Saji and Setsuna. Yeah, a lot of stuff starts to pay off here, right? Or Sergei and his daughter. Also that. Yeah, if we just saw this weird Russian dad and his sweater daughter, and this was our first exposure to them. I actually feel like that would have worked all right. I think they would have just needed to add one line to indicate that Soma 
has no idea that Sergei had a son, for example. Which, I mean, she kind of already says that, but... Well, that's not important. The, the relationship as to what... It, the relationship between the two needs to be set up. I don't not think it just, does. Not just this one image that we see here. Yeah, if we hadn't seen them before, I think you could get a, like, time-displaced romance vibe off what they have, Okay, right? okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because now that she's been aged up, she... You know, this is this being anime, they could just be, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, husband, wife type of deal. Yeah, I, I was going to say I'm going to save most of this for later. But of all the age ups, I'm actually most disappointed in Soma's because she looks damn near identical to me, just slightly taller. She's, I would say a lot taller, but yeah, okay, she grew fair. like one Homer Akemi in size. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not okay with it. I'm just disappointed that they didn't take the advantage or advantage of this to change her character design a little bit more. Like a different haircut or something? Well, one of the know. reasons why I'm actually kind of okay with it is because we basically saw the same thing from Alleluia. Okay, it, yeah, that's fair. From the same like age time frame between when we saw him in his flashbacks to when he's in, on Celestial Being. I mean, yeah, he's got a different haircut, but really he looks basically the same. And then now when he gets it, well, we haven't seen him yet, but he gets his age up too. We do see him in this episode. Do we? At the yeah, very end. Very, very briefly. Okay. The also, last... he's wearing a muzzle, so. Yeah. Yeah, the last <laughs> yeah, he's got his Hannibal Lecter muzzle. Yeah. I've said this before, but I think the second half of Double O is light years better than the first half in terms of pacing, keeping you invested, moving the story along, asking questions and then answering them, all sorts of stuff. It's Way more of a page turner, as weird of a metaphor as that is. It's also very good at ending episodes on moments where you're like, oh, I want to know what happens next. And setting up plot lines to progress in a way that Double O is like, this is kind of interesting, but hey, let's go to the desert and introduce some druggies. That seems like a good <laughs> trick. I think it's important to point out, just to reinforce that idea, I watched this episode and it was only because Crunchyroll was being really, really slow at the time. I didn't immediately watch the next one. I then... From after I watch this, I've watched like a bunch of episodes of this because I just keep being like, I want to see what happens next. What happens next? What happens next? What was I going to say? And there's so, some rad ass moments in this. Yeah, I like I'm already pretty hooked on this one. Like I'm into this. It's also like way higher stakes, I feel, already than any time in the first season. Well, I think it's because we've already been presented with like we were already given a this is the organization you want to hate in this episode. We are presented with, these guys are dicks and you want to see them burn. That's fair. I mean, it gives Setsuna a nice thing to point his swords at. Uh, do we want to get into it? In the first half, Celestial being bead, and the world was like, we don't really care for that. And they so the world uniform unified against them and blew them up. And then the UN did something, which is how you can tell this is fiction. And <laughs> <laughs> Also, Ribbons Allmark was there, and he became the new god of our new world, but in, in shadows. Because of a supercomputer on the moon. Yes, and also he killed Alejandro Corner, a man whose name I almost just forgot. He did not kill that. Alejandro Corner. He set up Alejandro Setsuna Corner killed to Alejandro die. Corner. <laughs> you cannot convince me that the Elvator did not have a bomb on it, just in case he didn't lose to Setsuna. I don't think he did. I don't think he, Ribbons would have done that. Ribbons does not strike me as the kind of character to be that overt. I don't think he would have popped up and said that. He would have just continued manipulating Corner. No, he would have hired uh, uh, Sanchez to do it on the way home. There's this giant golden mobile suit. You can't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> First Lagrange point on the left. <laughs> All right. With that, I think we can go and get it and get into the episode. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or Hulu. 
And, you know, if you haven't so far, maybe give it a try. See what you think of the second half, because I think it, like I said, starts way better than the first half. We start with a mobile suit battle, which might be exactly what you expect. It's a few of the older model, like Tyrion. There's a Tyrion in an act, and I think we say a union in here, or a flag in here, too. Fighting against a thing with, a, like, one of the faux solar reactors. All of the old mobile suits are painted blue, and they're fighting some new red mobile suits with lances. Yeah, nightmares, if you will. Was airing at the same time. Same studio also, yep. right? So, like, there had to have been some influence there. I don't know if there had to have been, because I feel like you get different guys to design the mechs on the two shows you're doing at the same time. But How do you end up with lances in both of them, though? That's so absurdly specific. Knights. Knights were big in Japan that year. They had the Ren Faire in Japan that year. <laughs> <laughs> we see an asteroid base from which the blue old mobile suits are launching, and there are a bunch of people working on it. But the red mobile suits have brought some explosives to it that are clearly explosives. Containers. And one of the pilots of the other red mobile suit smirks, and then he draws a beam saber. We should also note the red mobile suits have GN drives, the red ones from the Jinxes. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said faux solar reactors. Ah, I don't remember you saying that, but makes sense. He did. So we see this one mobile suit that was fighting three of them shred the three guys he's fighting. And uh, yeah, we, <laughs> one unfortunate guy sees this bomb floating down behind him. And he turns Container. around. He turns around and sees that it has an LED display. He's like, it's a bomb! And then blows up immediately. I love his expression <laughs> is nothing. He's it like, doesn't well, change. I, I was th- just thinking, he's like, ah, it's just that kind of day. <laughs> well, I guess I'm dead anyway. Then the asteroid explodes. Like, really big boom. And I think uh, this episode is one of the weird ones for anime in that its opening actually happens at the ending of the episode. and There's no ending. It's got the opening. Yeah, I mean, that's a prestige thing a lot of series do with their first episodes now. But I feel like Double O is early on the trend. I was actually just uh, because we were watching a bunch of anime. That's why we were logging into is can't we watch My Dress Up Darling? I need to watch that. I've heard it's good. I'm on the fence about it right now. I'm probably going to keep watching it for a few more episodes. Uh, we got through the first two. I watched the third on my own. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I was just commenting on the fact that, like, not very many anime are doing that anymore. And I wonder if, the, like, it was an oversaturation or something. I feel like 30% of anime still does. But a lot of it are, like, anime. They're like, hey, this is a big deal. Or you can go the ReZero route and have a beautiful, beautiful opening and never use it because you don't have time for that shit. You need more episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Shield Hero did that a lot, too, where they just, for whatever reason, didn't have an opening. So we cut to some people in a cyber tent being like, Resolus was attacked? Damn the Federation. Attacking without any warning. And we've got Guy and Evil Vizier Lady. Who I thought was Cotty Monikin when I first saw her. The generally speaking, you don't tell your enemies that you're planning to attack them. That's usually considered bad form. I feel like that's usually considered good form, but poor tactics. By evil vizier lady, I do mean Sharon Bakthir, of course. And this other guy is Klaus. And she's in uh, tactical gear. So, like, she's not wearing her vizier robe or anything like that. It turns out she was wearing this under her vizier robe the entire time, and we just never saw those are cargo pants, dude. Those would not have fit under her vizier robes. I feel like she had, like, kind of a flowing bottom half of her dress. No, I honestly don't remember what her dress looked like at all. So Sheeran is advising Klaus that they should uh, postpone their operation at Proud, given this. But he's like, no, we should actually try to start it earlier. Many of our comrades' lives are on the line. I mean, she does do advice. I'm not sure how good of advice a vizier would be for something like this, but... It's an interesting lateral career move. 
Uh, no, I was actually thinking it's part of your uh, general education as vizier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get fair. your degree in vizierology. She was a vizier in the Middle East. <laughs> okay. So does that come, like, when you're when you're studying for your degree in vizier, uh, what level is overthrow the guy I'm advising? Is, oh, is that a 300 level? No, that's basic. That's 101. Just come say, on, man. Where is hypnotized <laughs> no, a but, person with a snake? But No, but... <laughs> I think they go into that on the one at the one hundred level, but the specifics. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like that could also be like a uh, like a work study program. Um, <laughs> also, uh, evil snakes is definitely elective course. Um, <laughs> so Sharon back there is like, well, I'm very bad at convincing my employers to do things. So yeah, I guess we'll do it. I'll contact the rescue team. I'll tell them to move things up because that won't create problems of its own. Weirdly, I feel like I have seen this scene before. Is there a tactical tent scene in Gundam Seed that I'm forgetting about? I mean, there's some stuff in the during the Desert Dawn times, right? But I feel like those are more tenty tents. Yeah, no, and I, we don't see anybody here slamming back. <laughs> there's no Mulafago to be a bad influence on anyone. I was thinking of Maru Rami. <laughs> yeah, but she's not the bad influence. She's oh. just the one who can hold it down. <laughs> I just had a thought about Sumeragi and. Uh, and Maru hanging out. Yeah, Which one bad. do you think wins the drinking? Oh, Sumeragi. No, no challenge. <laughs> no, no. But the thing is, and maybe this is because I have a little bit of later knowledge, namely episode two. I don't feel Sumeragi holds her liquor particularly well. Maybe you're underestimating the amount that she's had. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> Remember that time she gave Christina a water bottle full of sake and felt was like, how are you surprised this happens all the time? <laughs> I feel like that was more of a she Irished up christina's coffee so much not so much of this is pure sake we cut back to space to see the destroyed asteroid and we hear klaus say damned assholes i mean a-holes i mean a-laws and we <laughs> have the name of the villain for this season what does the a stand for anarchy laws i think it's autonomous <laughs> oh okay. but i don't actually know it's an asshole for, so so are, are they attached to the un in some way they are yeah this that's explained later in this episode we can go over it okay I, I missed that i guess uh, they're the titans from zeta gundam okay gotcha <laughs> yeah they are they, i don't know the titans exactly so if you're like me the a laws are specifically supposed to be like an organization that operates outside the military to chase down terrorists basically and they definitely don't gas colonies or bomb people or kidnaps people's moms and strap them to bombs and be like, give us back our mobile suit or we'll blow her up. Or send in autonomous drones who just machine gun a bunch of political prisoners. Uh, to be fair, I think the Union did that because the last time we heard about uh, suppression automatons was Daryl being like, wish we had some suppression automatons. <laughs> <laughs> a totally Daryl move. I guess we don't know a lot about him outside of he's really proud of the flag and really likes Graham Acre. And dead. And is dead, yes, also. <laughs> so the ALOS fly in front of the Earth, and we get the logo over it. It's a pretty similar scene, actually, to one of the opening parts of uh, the, first the first series of Double Lot. Hey, remember when I said the ALOS would be explained later? It's later now. <laughs> <laughs> As we get a TV broadcast announcing the Federation government is announcing the activation of a autonomous peacekeeping force under their control in order to eliminate anti-government elements. Okay. Yeah, that's not suspicious as all hell. I don't feel like they ever named them as the A-Laws in this scene, so I assumed that they were enacting a separate force to fight the A-Laws. No, they love the A-Laws. Okay, gotcha. They're on their coffee mugs. I heart A-Laws. <laughs> Acting I mean, in cooperation with the Federal Security Agency. And then we cut to Sergei Smirnov watching this on TV on the phone with Kadi Monikin. 
I, I kind of love the like implication here that after the two worked together that one time they became like pen pals. Oh, they're like, oh, you're the competent person in your part of the military. We need to be friends. <laughs> There's no way we can get anything done otherwise. Yeah, so Kadi is apparently being pressured to transfer into this new A-Laws organization. Yeah, here it is. Well, yes, but I, again, I do not. I well, did not associate this with the new UN peacekeeping force. So that's poor story literacy on here. Yeah, I guess. Yes, um, but Sergey's like, be good to keep tabs on them. So I assume the ALOs have existed for a little bit at this point, but they're just now being officially announced. So do we think Sergey is actually retired at this point, or is he just on vacation? I think he's retired. I think he is called back uh, pretty soon, though. I think he's at a desk job and like very comfortable because. Why would he want information on them if he wasn't still in some capacity in the military? But I feel like he's also just somebody who, even if he was retired, wouldn't actually be able to set it entirely aside, especially because he's still looking out for people he cares about in the military. I assume he's just working for Advanced Raytheon and is a government contractor now. That makes sense, too. Yeah, and he says they're a group with too many secrets. And we see his daughter coming into scene. I love the Christmas sweaters they've got each other. Clearly, this was a Christmas gift to each other last year. I love Sergey in, like, the business shirt with a sweater over it. Yep. He looks very Mr. Rogers in that. Yes. Soma just with, with her, uh, like, beige sweater or tan sweater. I, I was going to describe it as, like, custard. It's also kind of poofy. It looks extremely uh, comfy. I'm jealous of her sweater. I was going to go for cream, but I agree. It looks very comfortable. So she's like, oh, what were you talking to Cotty about? And he's like, more importantly, did you consider the thing that I'm not going to talk about that we discussed? And Soma has uh, conflicting feelings about this. And she's like, not yet. And Sergei's like, well, there's no need to rush. Like, she's clearly perturbed as she, like, just stares at her teacup. Like, I don't feel like she's perturbed. I think I... she is a little bit. But you and I both know what they're talking about. Yes. Going to college? Yes. <laughs> I Kinda? <laughs> Going to military college? It's more a Batman situation. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is she Oracle? Wait, no, it's Sergei Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Lagrange 4, where, hey... Colony Proud. That's a that's a familiar name. Where we see some dudes working out here. Building the colony up. And hey, this is a dude that looks familiar. Kind of. Saji looks the least like his old self to me. I, they made his head fatter, which makes him... Like, I get what they're going for. This is the one redesign on an Egypt that I don't like. Because he just, I mean, we saw him last episode, too. There, there's something about him that, like, he doesn't look younger, but he looks young in a weird way. And, like, his head just, it looks like his head grew three sizes that day, I think. And while people certainly change face shape, that's not usually how it happens. He looks tr- less traditionally anime to me. A little bit, that, yeah. He's got smaller eyes compared to his head, so. And it could just be a situation where in this particular, as in these last four years, he spent a lot less time smiling and been a little bit more like, because let's be honest, going into these last four years, he kind of had a shit draw. Yeah. So and- he hasn't had a whole lot to smile about recently. I mean, he did get his the job that he wanted in working in space. So so how long is this supposed to be after the end? Four of the years. Blow? Yeah, four years. I think I even say four and a half at some point, but yeah. it might be four and a half since Celestial being first showed up. I, I meant after the end of the epilogue oh, that we got at the two, end of oh, Two I, years, I think. Or actually, I no, think six I, months, because Saji says, I had this job for six months now. He's about to say that. I thought he said a year and a half. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. No, no half a year. Yeah. Okay, I misread that. I'm just wondering, like, part of this is like a weird obsession with getting back together with Luis, with, uh, who he has not heard from in two years yeah. at this point. 
he needs to move on. And Saji's like, my name is Saji Crossred. Because I need could... to introduce myself so that you, everyone remembers that I'm actually one of the main characters of the series. Since I wasn't around for the last three of the first half. But unfortunately, he sees a pair of Robocops coming into the dressing room. And they immediately arrest his partner on suspicion of conspiring with Catherine, who immediately goes to bail. He throws his helmet, and then they immediately... He does some sweet space moves. But so, then they but shoot him. Then they just shoot him. And Saji, who has the gall to ask what's going on here, is immediately arrested for collusion. He is he is arrested for being nearby, basically. Well, everyone else in the locker room is like, I'm not nearby. Please don't look at me. Cut to definitely not Christy 2.0. <laughs> she is not Christina 2.0, but she is our new bridge bunny. Yeah, she's got drill tails. Everybody's I feel like favorite. she has very similar vibes. And she's like, hey, we confirmed the Federation's going to head towards LaRange 4, just like Chun-Li told us. And Ian Vashti is also here. It reinforces screen. it like from here just because Vashti does show up because he is the only like so far. He's the only celestial being member that we have seen that we would recognize. Hey, Tiaria's arms here. I recognize yes. Tiaria's <laughs> forearm anywhere. It, it's impossible to recognize his arm just from that shot because he's not in his hallway of judgment. I feel like Ian grew his hair out slightly. And I'm not, I don't know. He looks a little bit more, like, tired. Yeah, I was thinking disheveled mostly, but... So Tiaria's like, I'm gonna go out with Cerevi. So apparently just... Tiaria got a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, he already had one. It was Veda. She lived on the moon. You wouldn't know about her. And so Tiaria gives us some cryptic dialogue of, if he's alive, he'll come. And we get our first shot of the Ptolemaeus II, which, I gotta say, I actually really like the Ptolemaeus II. I didn't really see it at all. We don't get much of a look at it yet. You okay. just see it. The main feature it has over the original Ptolemaeus thus far is it hasn't exploded yet. Then we cut back to Colony Proud, the high-gravity industrial block, just so you know, where they are doing a nice uh, forced labor on Saji and some other people. In the ore refinery sector. I like that they're making them wear their spacesuits, but also all of them have their helmets down. I do not understand the purpose of this. Uh, maybe they have to go out into space at certain times, so it's just easier to be dressed up. That's fair. Saji complains about having to do hard labor, so we know that's what it is. Oh, one of the people pushing the coal with him <laughs> falls over, and Saji goes to help him. And of course, the guards, because they're asshole guards in a labor prison, are like, hey, get back to work. Causing another guy to be like, hey, if you want to live, then get back to work, because they won't kill, because <laughs> that's the only way to survive. Now build some pyramids or something. Uh, Sasaji, once again, has drawn the shit straw. <laughs> Dude has the worst luck of any Gundam protagonist or Gundam character I've seen. Uh, Atherin didn't have it great. Yeah, but Atherin was never arrested and thrown into hard labor for the mere crime of being near a dude suspected of being a traitor. Or have his sibling killed, or have his girlfriend crippled, dismembered. Yeah, but Nickel is only 15 and loves to play the piano. And <laughs> oh, whoop-de-doo, he lost one guy. And Jaime introduced him to Lattes. Whereas Saji lost his sister and his girlfriend. And all of his girlfriend's extended family. And his who girlfriend's extended family. Money from. And his girlfriend, specifically his girlfriend's mom, who really liked him in kind of a creepy way. So we cut to a Federation battleship where they're like, Haha, we have found the Cateron vessel and we're going to totally crush them. Let's use our cool new automatons. It's a great opportunity to test them. I don't have a mustache, so I can't twirl it. So Tubby here gives the order to commence the order to kill everything. 
go ahead and launch our cool new mobile suits. They're called Aheads. I'm struggling to remember the names of the other ones. There's the Enact. The Flag. Well, not the Flag. I feel like the heads are most based on the AU ones. The Rialdo? The Hellion. I don't know. The Tierian? The Tierian? Nope, none of these. Um, I feel like there was one... Yeah, I don't know. The The Enact, I guess, is the closest. (laughs) The Amph. So they put a nice little backpack in one of the heads. And the pilot's like, all right, ready to go. But then he gets a call from the bridge. And they're like, hey, Captain Zine, that's your name. Anyway, this is the first sortie for Warrant Officer Halavi in Unit 3. So, you know, just like let her chill and get a feel for the battlefield. Hey, this person's name sounds familiar. The first time I saw that, I definitely thought it said Harvey. I'm like, is that supposed to be Luis? Did they just anglicize her name for this? I don't. But no, apparently Luis is back and she's flying one of these new jinxes. She had four years to learn. What is her goal here? Get revenge on, I think, question mark. (laughs) Like, I think the reason why Louise joined the military is at least in part to prevent anybody. Mostly, this is from what we know of Louise. I think the idea was prevent anybody else from suffering the same way she has. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. But then, like, when Gundams show up around her, she kind of loses it because... Well, I mean, she hasn't had to experience one since since the incident. (laughs) So they then cut back to the labor camp where we see a little dumpster basically attached to the colony. Snake. And and someone is solid snaking their way into the colony. Tactical espionage action is the first comment on Crush (laughs) Pre-Roll. And it's solid Setsuna sneaking his way in. He's uh, smart enough or at least uh, well-versed enough in problems like that to make sure to close the door behind him. So we cut back to Saji, still doing hard labor, being like, I can't let this beat me. If I can endure Luis breaking up with me and ghosting me for two years, this will be a piece of cake. As long as I'm in space here, I, one one time maybe uh, Luis will be able to meet her again. I have a feeling we might be close today. And then, uh, so one of the <laughs> one of the guys near him is like, hey, you don't look like, you look like a civilian. Are you a member of Cateron? Saji's just like, I've got nothing to do with that. I am 0% terrorist. And uh, apparently this, like, they just drag in everybody else nearby thing is apparently common because the guy's like, oh, so you just got caught up in it. I guess you're pretty lucky because they didn't just kill you. Oh, I thought uh, he said you're lucky because today we're having a jailbreak. (laughs) Yeah, that is actually what it is. is I brought my spoon for digging. (laughs) I like the animation of Setsuna dropping down into this hallway. These are some Gundam wing-ass corridors and hallways to the point where I expect somebody to just do a somersault and machine gun a hall. (laughs) Instead, Setsuna continues to Solid Snake, and we see a whole bunch of people evacuating in, like, these heavy spacesuits. I presume they're to be anti-gravity, except for Setsuna doesn't seem to need one, so... No, but if you look, Setsuna is moving slower and heavier when he's moving through. I assumed they were, like, power armor of some sort. And they are, because you look here, and they're actually rolling. Yeah, I also made that assumption, but I assumed they they wore them to counteract the gravity. Okay. Uh, And we see one of the guys is acting up, and he's having trouble moving because of it. So I assume it is, like you said, a powered armor. So Setsuna picks off the straggler. And he goes, uh, shard plate for the masses. I like the reinforcement that Setsuna is moving slower as he comes up next to this guy. And I love it. He just kind of leans his head against him and goes, what operation? I'm doing a bit of a Batman as well. <laughs> Although, unlike Batman, I will shoot you if you don't tell me what I <laughs> the, want to know. The, the guy's, uh, who the hell are you? I'm not going to tell you anything. And Setsuna is like, well, if you won't tell me, tell my friend Sig. <laughs> and he's like, man, I don't know. We were just given orders to evacuate out of the blue. And Setsuna's like, well, that's a bad sign. 
And he's and then right. so he sits and it runs off, and he's like, "You're not going to leave me here in this broken power armor, are you?" This is as good as killing this guy. I think we know this at this point. Yes, but what can Setsuna really do to help him? Kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Setsuna is not the kind of person to just kill somebody out of hand. He just did. He knew this place was being assaulted. Uh, Well, the Alaj shouldn't do friendly fires. (laughs) The thing is, like, the way this is being attacked, ordinarily it wouldn't kill this dude. But because they're automatons... Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know how precise those automatons are. I don't know what the AI is. But if it was just a if it was just a group coming through here and you know resecuring the facility, okay, that guy would I be see fine. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and Setsuna is surprised when he sees the new automatons. So yeah, that's fair. We cut to outside where some Rialdos are destroying the static defense emplacements, which are these pretty cool satellites with a Gatling gun and missiles. Yeah, I su- it looks like they're just on a rail that's like rotating around the station. I think they're rad as heck. And I actually, I really like that the Cateron guys are using a mismatch of everything, of all the different old mobile suits. Anything they can get their hands on, it seems. So we cut to the Cateron cruiser, and they're like, all right, we destroyed the defenses, ramming speed. <laughs> and they ram into the hangar. Well, I mean, it's the most efficient way to, to get on the ground quickly. Yep. And they're like, hack into the gravity and ungravity this place. Thankfully, it's wireless. Taking direct control. So we see everything like rocking around as they stop the gravity. And Saji's new best friend is like, all right, our comrades are coming to pick us up. You're in luck, Saji. And Saji's like, man, why are terrorists always in my business? <laughs> so Cateron deploys a ground forces team who all have machine guns. Unfortunately, half of the ass of this spaceship that rammed into the <laughs> hangar is outside, which are easy pickings for the new aheads. Yeah, and I, I specifically think only the lead machine is in a head. I think the other two are still just jinxes. Maybe. Because the, they, they specifically say the lead machine is a new model. But the captain's last thought is it's the ALAs as the ALAs proceed to blow up the entire ship. So the captain is like, all right, guy who's not important, you go fight. Halavi, just stay where you are and watch. I'm going to go deploy a bunch of murder automatons to do a murder. So that we can test them. It's very important to test new ways of murder. And we see just how overmatched the real does are. It's effectively the same as fighting a Gundam, right? Uh, one guy does manage to at least block a beam shot, but... Then he gets lanced. Yep. We finally get an actual shot of Luis's face. Yeah, and it's like, if you have watched the first half of Gundam Double O, it is definitely Luis. So the automatons are deployed, and these are some Ghost in the Shell standalone complex ass murder robots. Except without the cute voice that some of them have. They're not Tachkomas. They look like Tachkomas. No, they don't. They're not nearly spider enough. I feel like these are pretty spider. I would agree. So the murder spiders start doing murders. Yeah, they just gun down whole groups of people. Yeah, like they're not even trying to secure anything. They're just killing everything they can find. And we see Setsuna hack into a door and enter the same hallway where all these murders are currently occurring. And he sees some unfortunate stuck behind a crate as one of the automatons is moving in. So... In this situation, what do you do? He calls in his Gundam. Yeah, it's very Batman. Oh, I'm going to need the jet. As he like presses a button and we see all the autopilot stuff go on in the cockpit. So can we take a sec really quick? What was the ALA's plan? Do they know that this jailbreak was going to yes, happen? they did. Because they said, start like, you know, they are going after Proud. Okay. Okay. So they knew sense. that was going to happen. And they're like, all right, this is a fine place to test our military kill bots. Yeah. 
That way, if anybody asks why are all the prisoners dead, we can say it was the uh, the Carteron's fault. I don't think this prison is known about in the first place. Yeah, I can't imagine many people on Earth would be like, oh, political prison well, I labor feel like camp. The proud, I, I feel like the proud comp, uh, colony is obviously known about since, uh, since Saji was working on it. Fair. Anyway, we see some guys get machine gunned in brutally animated detail. And Saji is like, oh no, they're killing them, and then they're going to kill me. Saji is having a complete and total breakdown as his new best friend is like, I have plan. And my plan is Dodrell. Oh no, this is a work. It was a terrible idea. Ugh. Yeah, he. the animation on him getting cut down is like, I think the most brutal thing this entire show has done so far. And so Saji is waiting as this thing is coming up on him, panicking, doing basically everything you can think of besides shitting himself. Until somebody starts shooting at it. It's Setsuna. And it's here comes Setsuna. And he's got grenades. They're like he's got like grenades. Which is the way to defeat automatons, apparently. Well, I mean, just explosives. Gun doesn't work. And so Setsuna runs up to Saji and is like, hey, you, you okay? Well, in the explosion, Saji is knocked onto the ground. And Setsuna reaches down to offer him a hand up. And Saji's like, hey, thanks, man. As he slowly stands up. And then he's like... Wait a minute, are you... I know you. Setsuna FCA? And in a... I was going to say remarkable, but actually Setsuna has been shown to have a pretty good memory for this stuff. He recognizes Saji. I feel like it's more surprising that Saji recognizes Setsuna. Yeah, because through the helmet I and everything. I don't feel like they actually spent that much time together. Maybe Saji also has a really good memory for it. We just never got to see it in action. Which is a pretty w- good way to go into not our eye catch. As a tense moment of them being like, bro, bro. <laughs> Bro. Hello, and welcome to the beginning of the end of Gundam 00. And by that, I mean we're starting the second season, which has as many episodes as the first season, I think, which means we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning. So, technically correct. The best kind of correct. Thank you for listening with us. This season kicks off with a hell of an episode. I think we all really enjoyed it, so that's really cool. I have high hopes for the rest of Gundam 00, and I hope they aren't dashed like some sort of destiny. Anyway, on to plugs. Our Patreon bonus episode this month is going to be an episode on the Batman. We had mixed feelings about that movie, uh, but everyone else seemed to like it pretty well, so maybe you should go watch it if you're a fan of Batman and haven't done so already. Last time I didn't have a whole lot for the mic check, I asked for people to recommend me podcasts, and oh boy, did I find a bunch of different podcasts. So that was pretty cool. Both Ryan and Magic Scarfman threw some my way that I am now listening to, at least intermittently. And if you want podcast recommendations from me, I guess, ask, because I now subscribe to like 60 and listen to all of them somewhat regularly. Anywho, it's late and I'm rambling. Back to the rest of this episode. Bro. Then there's another murder automaton, because this show doesn't have time for a chill. But Setsuna's like, good thing I have more explodey goo. He grabs Saji and is just like, we are leaving now. I, I did think, given how accurate we've seen the murder robots be, this one scene of them running away as the murder robots sprays the place they just were. I'm like, well, it's a good thing that uh, Setsuna has main character powers. Yeah. Or maybe Saji has main character powers? I mean, maybe they both do. Oh, that's fair. We cut outside to a bunch of Cataron mobile suits just getting destroyed, one of which is shot in the back by Luis. And the commander's like, hey, good job. That was a good call, actually. Thanks for being my wingman. And it seems to bother Louise, because she is hyperventilating. Piloting Gundams is really intense. Or non-Gundams. So we cut to Setsuna doing some more Metal Gear, and Susashi's like, So Setsuna, what are you doing out here? And Setsuna's like, it's quiet time. Yeah, it's really not the time to talk. (laughs) Yeah, like, 
Sanji, this is not the time to catch up. I can understand why you would want to. You have bigger problems. Like so these murder robots that have as another their murder way into robot the breaks its way through a door, so Setsuna immediately walks around Saji, shooting it with his obviously not going to work handgun. Thing turns around and he throws a grenade at it. So what this tells me is that their armor must be weaker in the front because I was Setsuna just thinking keeps that. getting their attention before throwing grenades at them. That was going to be my postdoc hypothesis. I was also going to say the reason Saji's trying to make small talk is he really wanted to bring up that pot of chicken noodle soup that uh, Setsuna <laughs> left in his house and has just gone rancid. I feel like it's just a matter of trying to like find some semblance of normalcy for Saji. The detail I really like is that when Setsuna starts shooting his gun, Saji covers his ears because yeah. he is a civilian-ass civilian. Not wearing a helmet. This still that you put here, I love the detail here. Like, Setsuna's determined face, Saji's, like, near panic behind him. It's great. Yep, all the animation in this episode is pretty dang good. So, Setsuna throws this grenade and then get downs Saji by tackling him around the corner so that they're not caught in the blast. And then helps him up with a nice, are you okay? And Saji's like, yeah. And Setsuna's like, oh, time to go. There are more murder robots. Setsuna is clearly, like, going out of his way to protect Saji here. I also... Right as they run away, you only get like two or three frames of it, but Saji's panicked face as he or as uh, Setsuna pulls him around the corner. Amazing. I just love how throughout this entire thing, Setsuna is very specifically doing everything he can to protect Saji. He is taking care of this man. So now we get some inner monologue from Setsuna that presumably he must have every day given his life, but it's the first time we're seeing it. Because we're just rejoining the story now where he's like, nothing's changed. Not a damn thing in this world changed because of us. This is not the world Setsuna and Lock-On wanted. This is not my beautiful house. So then we see the heads catching a reading of something showing up. And we see a silhouette of it for a second. Uh, Setsuna takes out another automaton and manages to AOE another one with this one. They're just like ninjas. Where is he pulling these from? He does He's not wearing a bandolier or anything. Uh, no, but he, he does have <laughs> he does have some uh, like the rig that he's wearing has some pouches on it. That's true. This is all Rob Liefeld costume. It's not spending a lot of time on like sets and outside, so you can kind of see it there. His vest has some pouches on it. Okay, I assume he uses one more piece of explosive to blow down that door. Yeah, we see him blow his way into a hangar, and he's like, "Helmet, Saji," and Saji's like, "Yeah, that makes sense, I guess." And, and as soon as his helmet gets up, Setsuna presses the button. Yep, to open the blast doors out, or I guess airlock out in the space. Revealing and a Gundam, specifically Gundam Exia, all kinds of fucked up. I love this shot of it reflected in Saji's oh, visor. it's so good. It's such a good reveal shot with the like two different eye colors. It's got like the one Gundam eye and then just one red eye. It's really cool. So the ALAS mobile suits are like, huh, that mobile suit had those weird GM particles and like, hey, was that a Gundam that just flew by us? And they're like, hey, why are all our automatons dying? So do you think Setsuna took all of these out? No, I, I think Tieria took all of those out. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. And so we get the shot of the Exia coming out of the sky to take the arm off of one of the other ones. So yeah, the Exia is repaired but all the places that graham fucked up are still fucked up so what it's its eyes is missing is red it's out, doesn't have an arm and instead has a, a like cape for some reason <laughs> yeah it's yeah. got the cape going on uh, one of the legs is super fucked up so we then get Luis being like gundam and doing a ptsd and her eyes changed to green that's weird and that fades into ribbons allmark in his fucking mansion <laughs> being like yes the gundam exia also this scoop neck looks fantastic on me <laughs> 
And cut to Saji, like, completely broken up finding out that Setsuno was a Gundam pilot. Which, you know, to be fair, that makes sense. At least as far as he's concerned, every bad thing in his life is connected to the Gundams. So we see the Exia fighting one of the Jinxes from Luis's point of view, who's not having a good time. In the ahead. He's also fighting the ahead during this. It's two on one. She's having a legit panic attack, though. Yeah. And there's just some beautiful animation of the beat up Exia fighting. Oh, it's like slightly busted sword getting pulled out. Oh, it's so good. And he's losing. Yeah. And the enemies are like, hey, you might be a fucking Gundam, but you're five years old. These are new, brand new mobile suits. And beat the heck up. Um, does the Trans Am not work anymore? Is that? I'm wor- assuming it doesn't work anymore. My headcanon would be he can use it, but it's not good for the speed up parts. That would also make a lot of sense is that the frame can't handle it. I'm just saying it would be better to use that and suffer whatever damage that causes than what actually ends up happening. Also, Setson is like, I'm just going to have to murder all of you. I'm just going to have to keep fighting until I eliminate all four by myself. So he's not doing a terrible job, but he's uh, this is a war of attrition and he's losing it. Yeah, he slowly takes just a few shots, even though he dodges most of them. Yeah, I do feel like it's a matter of uh, the Trans Am either doesn't work or activating it would tear the mobile suit apart. Yeah, I'll buy that. But they call for reinforcements from Unit 3, but Unit 3 is having a panic attack and they're like, "Ah, eh, it's fine, we'll handle it. And handle it, they do. Yeah, one of them goes in and... Uh, takes Exia's other arm. Specifically as revenge for all the people who died at Celestial Beans hand. Yep. And Celestia can block one beam saber with his sword, but not two, and it gets cut in half. And then he gets disarmed. And we I love the shot of the cape like disintegrating from beam saber. And to reveal that it, there it wasn't didn't have an, an arm, arm there to begin with. Are we supposed to read that Setsuna has done any fighting in this be- beat up Exia before? I or? think he can probably still take an axe and Rialdos and Garion's pretty well. And even like one jinx at a time. I feel like throughout the last four years he hasn't actually he spent most of his time doing what kind of repairs he can. They did announce a brand new anime that takes place between season one and season two of Double O this week, so. Huh. That is some sort of Setsuna's tactical espionage activities? No, it's about a bunch of mobile suits that don't exist, sell toys. It's about a new <sighs> form of the Exia and a new form of the Dynamis, and them discovering the twin drive, something I think is adequately explained in the series, but gotta sell them toys. <sighs> I mean, the only one of those that I would, that I would think would be okay is if you were just animating the uh the manga yeah. with the real with the actual like the fifth dude the, the pure terrorist so setson is like hmm, i have no arms and there's a lance coming for me this is a bad situation maybe i should transact but then two giant fuck off laser beams come from off screen and blow the hell out of the jinx that's charging him well, it just gets get... it just gets the uh, the lance of that jinx. Yeah, I, I realized it said blow the hell out. I meant there's a big explosion. The jinx is fine. I, I do like that all three pilots, including Setson, are like the hell. And hey. so we get our first look at the Cerave Gundam. It's a Gundam. I recognize this one. Yeah, and it has divers. <laughs> four fuck you cannons. Why put them just in the shoulders when you can also put them in the knees? It's also fast, or at least fast enough to dodge any incoming fire. The Jinx gets behind it, goes to attack it, and it's like just cruising along. And Tierra's like, I got eyes in the back of my head, bitch. Well, first he's like, I got a GN field, bitch. And then he activates his, I've got eyes in the back of my head. Yes, so this Gundam has a giant Gundam head on the back. <laughs> Why? Why does it have, it's so dumb. I hate the Seraphie Gundam because of this. 
Well, you know, the Nodley was a Gundam inside a Gundam. This is a Gundam on top of a Gundam. <laughs> oh, anyway, there's a face on its back, and the Cerevi quickly draws a beam saber and takes off the Jinx's arm and leg, a move that 00 pilots really like, and then it blows up. And then turns around and is like, sup, bitch? You want some? And the dude's like, we are out of here? Come on, Louise. Louise respond immediately. God damn it. Why did they give me a young heiress to babysit? So he goes and grabs Louise. So at least the Alaws have camaraderie between themselves. And he rescues Louise and goes off with her. As the Cerevi just watches them go. Yep. And we hear Tiaria on the comms go, I figured you'd be tracking the Alaws activities. Long time no see, sets in a FCA. And so someone's like, God damn, Tiaria? Tiaria? <laughs> but you're a dick. I, I, I. I was in my head, I was going through, what's the probabilities I meet people I know today? And Saji Crossroad was ahead of you. And I met him today, too. <laughs> <laughs> Today's been a weird day. So then we cut to the bridge of the Ptolemaeus. And they, people saying, yeah, Tiaria found Setsuna. And Felt's like, ah, oh, that's good. Felt seems happy. And New Bridge Bunny is like, yeah, Chun-Li gave us totally good information. It would never betray us. <laughs> I like Felt's redesign a lot. I do too. Setsuna and Felt both. I really, really like. And then we get a reveal when she looks down and says, I bet he's going to be really surprised when he sees you, Lassie. And he's like, well, I mean, come on. My mobile suit didn't actually explode. I died off screen. It was fine. I actually like Lassie's redesign too, just not as much as the other two. The thing is, like, we didn't see the GN arms explode. We did get that shot of, like, in-cockpit explosion, but yeah. we got that for Graham and Patrick, too, and they're all fine, well, so. Also, uh, Lock-On, before Lock-On died, so. Yeah, but that, we saw him, like, get hit in the eye, That's so. fair. There's we didn't see the there. huge explosion of the mobile suit that he was on board, which is, uh, double lots, like, shorthand for this dude is dead. And then Ian's like, good, I can finally tear the reactor out of the Exia and shove it into this new mobile suit. So excited about that. Well, I mean, of course he'd be excited about that. Have you seen Exia? It's fucked up. So we cut back to the tactical tent, where Klaus is like, Gundam showed up at Proud? Well, I guess we owe them a debt of gratitude. Can you get the woman a chair? I mean... (laughs) I don't think she's comfortable with one. She's just kind of standing over here awkwardly. I think the entire series, we've seen her seated once. I don't think we've actually ever seen her seated now she, that I think about it. She was on the couch once uh, opposite from uh, Marina in was one she? scene. Yeah, it's also while bodyguards were in the room. They were sitting on opposite sides of a coffee table. Okay. And Klaus is like, this is a great opportunity. And Sharon back there is like, hey, aren't you worried Celestial Being is going to target us for an armed intervention? They seem to love targeting people I'm affiliated with for armed interventions. And Klaus is like, no, we and the Gundams are clearly both neutral good, Sharon." We can be friends. Actually, they never targeted them for an armed intervention. Yeah, and Marina was actually really worried about that the entire time. So, I mean, they did show up and they did intervene, but it wasn't an armed intervention. They were like, hey, we went and got your uh, opposite political number. Yeah, it was actually... And here, you can have him back. It was specifically an unarmed intervention. (laughs) They did it with arms, though. That is true. So Setsuna and Tiaria have agreed to talk in the hangar. Specifically, the hangar on board Proud. Yeah. This is on the colony. And the reason why we know this is because Saji is here. And the Exio is apparently too fucked up to land properly because it is just lying on its well, side it's, dead. It's missing a leg. Is it? I thought it saw its leg. I thought no, I it is just specifically lost missing one of its legs. And Tiar- he loses it when he loses the sword. Yep. So Setsuna even takes off his helmet to like actually see Tiaria. And Tiara's like, man, I know it's been four years, but like you look like you did a lot of growing up, Setsuna. 
And Setson is like, on the other hand, you have not changed at all. And you Tyr- are still a dick. Which I think I maybe disagree with just based on Tyria's growth at the end of the series. So the way the dub does this line, it's very clear Setson means physically. Okay, gotcha. And so I don't know if that's the implication in the original Japanese and then the sub is just off or if that's a the dub taking that to make it clear that's what it's meant. But that would make a lot of sense, especially because like the two seem to get along a lot better. Although, to be fair, at the end of the series, they kind of did. Anyway, Tiara's like, yeah, I get that a lot. I know I grew my hair out and everything, but no one's noticed. <laughs> he didn't grow it out that long, though. It's slightly longer than it was before. He's got bangs now. And so Setsuna immediately goes to, so, your new ride, is this also a celestial being machine? And Tiara's like, yeah, obviously. And Sachi's like, Setsuna FCA, I have got to have dramatic talks with you. And Setsuna's like, huh? Oh, wait, you're <laughs> still here. <laughs> So have you always been that Gundam's pilot? And Setsuna's just like, yes, you. Of course I have. This is my machine. I am Gundam. And he's like, and you were involved in the armed interventions five years ago. And Setsuna's like, yeah, no point in lying about that now, especially not to you, my neighbor who I just rescued. (laughs) (laughs) And Tiaria's just like, who's this dude? Well, Tiaria, again, I think showing his growth, like takes a backseat to let Setsuna handle this. He doesn't immediately start judging yeah, like, he doesn't give off a I'm going to judge you vibe. It's more a matter of, well, this is between you and Setsuna, so the two of you can sort this out. Tierra's judgment is reserved exclusively to the hallway these days. <laughs> <laughs> and so Saji starts reaming Setsuna out for, like, do you know how many people died because of the things you did and all the... And, how know, many girlfriends pretty, I lost? The pretty standard thing. I love how Setsuna is just kind of, like, looking at him like, you done? Well, he lets Saji vent, and we know that he's a quiet guy anyway. And Saji Vince is like, hey, because of you guys, the person I loved was injured. It's not that dramatic, well, I, I know. I, I feel her... like he, he can't bring himself to say crippled. Yeah. yeah. And her entire family was killed, which kind of sucks then, for and her. And then my sister was killed by you also. And I, I do feel like it's just a matter of Setsuna is like, I can't say anything until you're done and you need to vent this to me. Like, this is more for you than it is for me. Yeah, I also feel like, oh no, I'm not sure Satsuna would know what to say to this anyway. Yeah, I don't think I would know what to say to this. But I Besides think it... my standard thing of when I was originally watching it, my first thought would be, you know, from Setsuna, uh, I didn't have anything to do with your girlfriend, I'm reasonably sure, and I had nothing, Celestial Big had absolutely nothing to do with your sister's death. Well, how would he know, though? Yeah, yeah, they I... have killed a lot of people. Yeah. Well, at the very least... I had nothing to do with it. How would he know? Maybe because he knew who his sister was. Yeah, but maybe she died in like one of the military conflicts in the desert or something. Did Setsuna meet his sister? Yeah. I'm actually thinking that... hmm. I don't think they ever met. I think they might have met briefly. I mean, I would at the very least believe that they'd seen each other coming or going. Yeah, I I was going to say, I feel like Setsuna would have at least noted another person lived in that apartment. Uh, But I tend to agree with Tyler, because we know Lock-On was very much like, yes, I'm killing people, and yes, I will pay for that, but I have to change the world first. And we know that Setsuna took a lot of Lock-On's ideals onto himself. So I think Setsuna is very similarly like, yes, I know I my actions killed a lot of people, but I am okay with that because I had to improve the world from the one I lived in where I was a child soldier. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Yeah. So Saji's like, oh, I lost Louise and my sister. They're both gone. Give them back to me, damn you. I like how after he says that, Setsuna like shifts and he looks more like sympathetic. Yeah. And doesn't stop Saji from taking his gun. Nope. It's very Setsuna similar. could easily have stopped Saji from taking his gun. It's a very similar situation to On the Island, where Lock-On is pointing the gun at him. Although I think here Setsuna is 
knows that Shaji's not going to shoot him. You know, randomly, is it just me or is it weird that this gun looks like a gun? As opposed to the, the gun weird. that we had in the previous season. No, for to me, because Double O takes place in the after-death timeline and, like has more realistic technology, I feel like that weird gun is more out of place. Like, the Gundam Seed guns all look like gun-ass guns. No, it, it's weird because previously, up until this gun, they all, all the handguns had that. That weird, like, gun-not-a-gun thing about them. I was going to say, all those were actually just Aeolish Enberg's fun gun designs, and he's like, what if I made one that was a ring for some the, reason? No, actually, like, that the makes golden sense, because like the golden gun, gun. Yeah. it just is, you know, placed gold-plated, which is a little silly, but yeah, it Just like celestial being sidearms. And Setson is just like, you won't do it. Saji yells, give them back to me through tears, and then we cut away into space. I feel like there was actually a gunshot there, too, but... I, I honestly so. can't remember. I can't remember, and since we watched these muted, I d- it, there was no subtitle saying gunshot, so. So we cut to the Alaz Battlecruiser bridge, where Chubby Asshole is like, what a splendid turn of events. If there are Gundams, we'll need the Alaz even more, and we'll get funding. I feel like because you guys were already being presented as, like, this thing, you were already going to be getting a lot of funding. Yeah, Gundams, more like fundums. So we cut to someone taking, specifically, Louise taking the Rallo Crusade medicine. I was going to say clone pills. <laughs> That's how she got a new arm. She cloned herself and then... Stole the clone's arm? Yeah. Uh, the captain is watching her being like, why the fuck did they assign this Specif- person to my unit? Specifically, he catches one of her clone pills and asks that. And then we cut to Ribbon's Allmark being like, ah, oh, Louise Halevy, I am pleased for you. Now you too have a reason to fight. I feel like she already did. Maybe it's because the Gundam showed up specifically. That's what I assume he's referring to. And so to. Ribbons has a guess. Oh, I was going to say, do we take that to mean that Ribbons specifically placed her in the military somehow? I believe there's a connection, but I don't know what it is. I'll believe that. Anyway, Chun-Li shows up. Yeah, being escorted No longer by... looking like Chun-Li. Yeah, she's got longer hair. A nicer dress, but still like a very her dress. She actually does look older, and it might just be because she doesn't have the twin tails anymore. Yeah. She reminds me specifically of a character from Jet Li's Hero, and I was going to call her that, but I can't remember what that character's name is. So anyway, Ribbon's like, ah, Chun-Li, good thing you're here. You would never portray Celestial Being for me. Uh, Then we get the Marina watching the news about how the Alaz encountered a Gundam. I feel like she must have gotten uh, some, like, fashion tips from Rolina there. I was actually going to say it looks like she's wearing Rolina's ass outfit. (laughs) And then we flash to what seems to be Sumeragi having a hangover. Probably drunk. She's either drunk or has a hangover as Billy is in the background watching the news. Oh, is that Billy? I didn't realize that. Look at that ponytail. Who else could that be? I just assumed it was some dude. I don't know. No, we already know that she has a connection with Billy, though. Well, no, I mean, it makes sense now that he pointed out. I just didn't. I want to know how she ended up with Billy. Like, Like, did she just, like, pop up? After the final battle in space. I assume yeah. they both went to uh, What's-His-Face's funeral. The old doctor. Danny? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had it bad for her. She could just pop up and he would be like, hey, what, what's wrong? I mean, yes. It's just I would like to know exactly like what led her to that area because that seems to be at least what she's presented as thinking more clearly than she is in the next episode, at least. 
So then we cut to a fluorescent ass hallway where we see this man. <laughs> I, I hate this I kind, man. I kind of love this. Can you describe this for us? Okay, so first of all, he's wearing some sort of like ornate sleeveless robe that is red and purple with gold trim. Amazing. It's got like very formal samurai vibe. Not like samurai battle vibe, but samurai I have to go to court today. Yeah, like big cuffed sleeve. Like he's almost wearing a kimono with cuffs. Do you know sleeves. what this man's name is, Tyler? Um, oh, don't bo- don't spoil it for him. Let um, him find out himself. I'm, I'm trying to think what the evolution of a graham cracker is. So I'm going to say s'more crack. Yeah, s'more. I was going to say Neo S'mores. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I do not know what his name is yet. I'm going to follow Jeremy's advice <laughs> and let you find out for yourself. No, that's fine. Anyway, we pan it's up. Freaking stupid. We pan up to his face, which is even more samurai, which is a. A black... It looks like one of their like war face masks yeah. Yeah. their helmets. I know what these are called because I have one equipped in Final Fantasy right now, but it's not coming. To... A Kote, maybe? Yeah, but it's like a black face mask with holes for the eyes and mouth with like a red chin. It's clearly just Graham Acre. And also he announces himself as a Virgo, so it's clearly Graham Acre. Yeah, I, th- I think the Virgo line is not as clear to non-super fans who make fun of it every week. <laughs> but he does say to tell all everyone in the cheap seats who he is, I've never been so happy to be born under the sign of Virgo. <laughs> not sure how that has anything to do with this, but well, all right. It means his persona is more powerful when he fuses the Virgo ones together, and that's how he got this costume. <laughs> what a thing to say. Then after that, we cut to a do someone answering a door and uh, a random guy. Like this is someone in we haven't met dress, before in military uniform. doing a salute. Is like, hello, I'm from the autonomous peacekeeping force in the Federation military. I'm here for First Lieutenant Soma Pierce, and I am Andre. Smir- I'm Second Lieutenant Andre Smirnov. So I'm actually her subordinate. <laughs> and then we that he is telling this to Sergei Smirnov. Like, which is, what is, what a move. I know, yes, it's wild. You can at least start with, hey, it's me first. Like, if you want to be that asshole to your dad, then you start with just, I'm first lieutenant. uh, Second lieutenant. Or second lieutenant, Andre Smirnov, right? I I uh, love this shot of, like, Sergei looks dumbstruck. Soma looks confused, but she's, like, behind him in the hallway. She's like, Dad, is this telemarketer hassling you again? (laughs) And Sergei's like, Andre, when did you join the A-Laws? And he's like, I am not obligated to answer that question, father. (laughs) Or rather, (laughs) Colonel Sergei Smirnov. Dude, he still outranks you. You are the lowest ranked officer here. Cool your jets, dick. Well, I mean, clearly he's got some father issues. And someone's like, clearly, we we will learn at least some reason why that is. Someone's like, Dad, you didn't tell me you had any other kids. (laughs) Then we cut the fucking Alcatraz in the Arkham Asylum rain. <laughs> where we get a shot of Hannibal Lecter, a.k.a. Alleluia. And that's the end of the episode. Wild. <laughs> and then we get... So is this the opening? This is, is the this opening. A, okay, I thought it was a little too, like, Active much for, for an, an ending. Yeah. yeah, this is the opening. Okay. We'll probably uh, talk about it in detail next week. But there's after credit sequence in season two, so... On every episode or just At the At least first most episode? of the ones that I've seen. Mostly I need to know whether I should go look for them. Yes. From what I have encountered, like I said, I I think it'd be safe to at least check on every episode, just to be sure. I did notice that scene where they're doing, like, the the crew of the Telemeos, and it's like, Christy and Lichty were here. The old version, it's all the old characters. Like, all their old character models. These two died. Yeah, we will go into more depth on the opening in the next episode when it is actually the opening. 
I kind of want Sumeraga to do more like Maru style Captain E, where she's just like dodge, fire, <laughs> but there's nothing to fire on the Ptolemaeus. There was no a lot of combat in the Ptolemaeus like that. There is on the Ptolemaeus too. <laughs> they uh, put guns on it, but probably a good plan. Yeah, I feel like their original plan was fire a Gundam at it. I feel like the original plan basically called for the Ptolemaeus to not be under fire. Yeah, it was basically just like a mobile launching bay, and then like. Later on in the plan, when they got to later stages, the assault carriers were supposed to, uh, the assault containers were supposed to basically fill in. So I missed that at the very end. Who's Setsuna clashing with? Do we know that person? Uh, that's the man born under the sign of Virgo. Okay, gotcha. I just wasn't paying very close attention since we were talking. I almost just said his name, despite us promising Tyler that he would get to find out himself. It's so dumb! (laughs) I feel like we're overselling it, but it is so dumb. Um, I hate it. We were actually talking a little bit about it on the way down here, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Double flag acre. <laughs> no, that would be that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> so after the credits, we get a long shot of the Ptolemaeus too, and aboard is Tiaria and talking to Saji, who is in the corner with the lights off in the fetal position. Like, basically, they've got him in a cell, more or less. Well, they put him in timeout, and Tiaria's like, "Why didn't you shoot Setsuda?" Sounding like curious more than anything i feel like it is a legitimate question because saji was really angry looking at the time and so saji's logic is killing somebody would make me the same as you people yeah the reason i emphasized here is tone is i it sounds less like hey i want to know and more like as a human interest piece like i'm trying to learn more about humans yeah <laughs> what, what emotions caused you to not shoot sets okay so saji's response is killing someone would make me the same as you guys i feel like here's response would be like no that makes you a murderer we create statistics <laughs> <laughs> and Saji's like that's the last thing I want which is interesting at this point because we saw in that last fight Louise specifically has already killed somebody and she is in the military yep and so Tyria comes back and and tells Saji that he should be grateful to Setsuna for saving his ass over a shot of Setsuna putting on his new uniform that I guess someone measured for him and had in his colors okay I feel like Felt would definitely be on board with that I was going to say, I feel like Veda, well, okay, to be fair, Chrissy did tell they her to get into fashion. A, I don't feel like they have Veda, they don't have access to Veda anymore. Well, they have that offline copy. I assume they just had all the predictions of what uniforms everyone was going to need in the future. <laughs> but they weren't wearing uniforms in the first season. They well, didn't have uniforms in the first season. Veda predicted it. <laughs> I have a theory about the uniforms we'll go into later. So Tiari is like, if Setsuna hadn't brought you with us, you would probably be executed as a member of Catheron. So you should be grateful for him saving your life. And he's like, that's ridiculous. I am a normal law-abiding citizen, and the government would never murder me for no reason. They certainly didn't stick me in a forced labor camp for no reason. (laughs) Saji is swimming in denial here. And Tiari is like, you're blind to the way things really are. You should take a close look at the world with your own eyes. Tiari is not wearing glasses when he says that, right? I think he, yeah, I think he is. Okay, I couldn't tell just because of the screen glare. So then Setsuna, now dressed up, walks to his new Gundam to be, and he's like, Gundam, double O Gundam. Yeah, so now he has the double O Gundam. (laughs) I mean, he's already got the spy thing down, and we'll see he's going to continue that now when he goes down to uh, Earth's surface on a clandestine meeting with somebody. So we then cut to Earth, specifically Ireland, where there's a guy by a giant grave. And hey, it looks familiar as he lights up a cigarette. You're going to make your gloves reek of cigarette, dude. Those are leather. And so he uh, asks from some dude, the dude that approached behind him. That he's not looking at. Yeah, are you the one who called me here? 
And uh, apparently Setsuna still likes him as Scarf, because he's got that going on again. He's like, you're Lyle Delandi, a member of Cataron. Are you from security? I'm ready to fight. And then like, I come like, to pick you up. I realized that was ambiguous. My name is Setsuna <laughs> I'm a member of Celestial Being. As Gundam Meister specifically. And you are also being recruited as a Gundam Meister. You too will be a Gundam Meister, whether you like it or not. You see, we know that you're genetically identical to one lock on Stratos. Lock on Stratos. Lyle Delandy, or should I say, new lock on Stratos. <laughs> Your brother always joked about how he made a backup character just in case he died. <laughs> and now we have need of you. I thought you were half kobold, though, so, you know. That's the actual end of the episode. A very strong start to the second half, I think. I also really like the Avengers ass after credit scene. I think like even the after credit stuff is all rapid fire. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. No, overall, anything you guys want to say before we get into our business other that we haven't already? Yeah, I was very, very short highlights is just like the animation is fantastic. Like, I don't know. Really I, strong start here. Yeah, really strong start. And like we were saying at the beginning of the episode, I feel like they needed to do a lot of the pre-work from the previous season, but I also feel like they could have dropped us more or less dead into this with a couple line changes and maybe a couple altered scenes, and I think it would have worked just well. I disagree with you still on that count, but they definitely did just enough here to get across the world change a lot of the world's changes from the last four years in our current world state. Yeah. Like, just by showing the Cateron guys getting fucked up, and then Saji getting arrested, just by being nearby, really reinforces that idea of a corrupt government that they're now going head-to-head with. And being sent to a secret political prison or labor camp. Yeah. Also, hey, Saji's a character now, I think. I think he's actually going to do something this season. We'll see. <laughs> do you have a high point, Tyler? Um, I think it's just going to be the entire arc of Saji's prison labor camp friend. Um, <laughs> just like, I like that guy just in general. Also, just like the, it's weird to say this, but like the absolutely brutal way he's gunned down. Like one, the animation on it is like horrifying. But also, like, I feel like that sets a tone for this season that the first season never really hit. Zach? I think I have to give it to the XE repair. Like, that has such a small presence on screen. Like, it's not around for very long, but they went in and they designed that thing. Yeah, it looks rad as heck. Oh, yeah, they were like, we're going to sell a whole bunch of limited edition model kits with this, and it's not going to cost much more than an Exia. (laughs) (laughs) The Exia repair was what I had in mind. It's difficult because there's so many small moments in this, all of which are really good, and that really adds up. It's going to make it hard for me to pick an MVP, too, for that reason. I think I'm going to go with the Tiaria save in Setsuna because you definitely, in the pace of the first half of Double O, could have gotten like three episodes out of Setsuna F.S.A. Soul Solid Snaker. And the fact that he they get him back into the plot so quick, I really like. And like immediately he's doing stuff as soon as the after credit scene. He's like, got a new Gundam, got a new lock on. We've just got a few more people that we have to recruit. Yeah. And I absolutely love the scene of one of them. Tyler, do you have a low point? I mean, the real answer, no, not really. But I think my real low point is actually going to be the Sergei and Soma stuff. Oh, I love Sergei and Soma stuff. Yeah, no, the problem is I really like it, but I also feel like it's not tonal whiplash. I feel like it serves to slow down the episode a little bit, but I also feel like it, like, they could have done a little bit. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my answer to all the tent scenes with uh, Shirin and the guy who's in class. Klaus. One thing I noted about this episode when I was scrubbing it for quotes is there's no comic relief in it. 
And I think Soma and Sergei, they serve a similar role, even though they're not comic relief, of a similar change in tone. They serve as kind of a resistor. Like, they're there to kind of slow it down so you're not breaking your neck as this is moving along. Yeah. So I I, I am going to revise my answer to all the tent scenes. They're just kind of eh. I feel like they're kind of necessary to set up, like, these people are in the resistance. Yeah. Zach, what's your left point? I think I might have to go with Andrei Smirnov showing up because he really feels like he's coming out of left field. I understand why he's being introduced here, but at the same time, like, it feels kind of out of place for the episode, especially as the... I feel like that could have served as the after credit scene because it feels like it's a lot more disjointed from the rest of the episode than than the stuff Setson is doing. Yeah, it it also has that adventurous ass vibe. I kind of want, like, a second scene where someone's just like you didn't tell me i was adopted (laughs) (laughs) we didn't talk about it much other than like me kind of putting a jab on it but i find the scene of setsuna being like oh this isn't the world we wanted really awkward i get it it's like an emotional through point but we've seen how bad the a-laws are we don't really need setsuna to like hammer it in i get his motivation i don't need him to tell it to us or, like, that could have happened in a slightly more natural way later, where he's, like, explaining his motivation to Saji or something. I, yeah, like, it, I could see a scene where this happens better. Yeah, if he was specifically explaining it to Saji, I feel like that would make a little bit more sense. But at the same time, right now, I don't feel Saji is in a good enough mental spot in order to actually listen to anything Setsuna has to say. Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? I mean, I feel like it's got to be Setsuna for all the solid snaking, packing a sufficient number of explosives, um, keeping the Exia running somehow. Just good job, Setsuna. This is actually really tough. Setsuna is kind of the obvious choice, but I think I want to give it to Saji here. Because there's so much going on with Saji in this episode. Like, his emotional breakdown when he finds out that his neighbor, Setsuna, the guy apparently that he kind of liked was one of these members of Celestial Being, the way he like completely breaks down during the escape. I really like what they did with Saji. Yeah, I was also going to say, good job, Saji, not breaking down after being randomly abducted into a labor camp for no good reason. Good job. Look, he's just got to think about Luis and everything will be fine. I mean, Luis gets a kill this episode. Do I give it to Luis? I do not. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really hard, but I think I'll also get with Saji. He's the emotional core of the episode, even though... I do think we get a lot of emotion from Setsuna, but like I said, the climax of that is super melodramatic, and I don't care for it, so I'm going to go with Sashi. Yep. I, I would have also accepted Tiaria for I, saving Setsuna's ass. I, I thought about it, but that's kind of all he does, right? Yeah, it is. He is dramatic, and then he just kind of shows up. I will give it to Felt for picking out a costume for Setsuna. All right, we got to put the Exia on the list. Do we put the Exia on as two entries, the Exia and the Exia repair, or do we just do one Exia? I think we just do one Exia. I think so. As much as I like the repair, it's like not its own thing, I think. And it's there for a quarter of an episode? Yeah. All right. So it is my favorite of the Celestial Being first run of Gundams. I don't know if you guys like it more or less than the Dynamis. I'm kind of feeling like I'm going to be outvoted there, but... I'm torn on the. I love the animation. I love the, the Dynamis. I, yeah, I do too, but I love the animations they give to the Exia. The two are very close. Spe- like, the Exia has the bonus now of the Exia repair is freaking awesome. I love what they did with that. Also, um, swords are cool in a way that guns just aren't for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's the Exia. It's especially the way it is animated. Because, like, the Exia is a super, super popular mobile suit for Gumpla. 
and I honestly did not get it until I actually watched the series and watched the way it moved, and then I got it. Yeah, I think I would give it to the Axia. I'm curious in Zach's opinion before we move on, even though he's outvoted. I think I still got to go with the Dynamis, if I'm honest, because the Dynamis is kind of a unique thing in Gundam with the specifically the sniper thing in the poncho shields, as well as being having that reliance on the handguns, whereas the Exia, like we see so many mobile suits with close combat weapons. It's just kind of what they do. Yeah, there are lots of sorty boys. That's fair. All right. Right above the Dynamis, we have the Wing Gundam. The sort of equivalent from Gundam Wing. The Wing Gundam, I think, has a much better silhouette, and I like its gun a lot more. But in contrast, the Wing Gundam is such a like sluggish block when it's animated. And while the transformation sequence doesn't ding it for me as much as it does for Zack, when we're talking about the Exia, which always looks beautiful, it suddenly becomes a point to its detriment. I think I prefer the Exia it to the Wing. It does have a couple of cool shots for the Wing, but I think I might give it to the Exia as well. I would too, although one more point in the wing's favor. I do really like its color scheme a lot more than the Exia's. Oh, that's fair. Right above the wing, we have the Tall Geese, which is where it gets pretty hard Ooh, for me. The original Tall Geese? Yeah. The Tall Geese just has that presence. Like, it's this big thing. I love its Dober gun, the, the Centurion crest the thing has. That's the one part of the Tall Geese I don't like, oh, I actually. love it. Like, it's super iconic, I, but I think it's really dumb. Interesting, because the bit I don't like is its color scheme, which I think works for the Tall Geese, but it, the Exia has a much better color scheme. It definitely does, because the Tall Geese is very blank on its color scheme, because it's just white. But I think I might give it to the Tall Geese. I, I love its silhouette. The Dober gun is a cool idea. I love its huge thruster pack. Yeah, for sure. Like, I know the Tall Geese is also a lot more mobile than you feel like it should be, and I always forget that about it, because it looks so big. Like, it's built like a linebacker. But it has those giant vernets that they always animate when it's moving yeah. in interesting ways. It, like, in contrast to the wing Gundam, I really like the way the Tall Geese is animated, too. I wish the double O team was animating the Tall Geese. I would love to see, compare it to the Exia in that world. I don't know. This is a really tough choice for me. I think I give it to the Exia, but, like, only just barely. It's really tough for me, too. Part of me wants to give it to the Exia to compare it to more Gundams, but I think, honestly, at the end of the day, I do prefer the Tall Geese. So the Exia will go at number 18, above the wing and below the Tall Geese. Honestly, from seeing a lot of the other designs, I think that's going to be the highest level of the, of the double lot Gundams. There's another one I really like, but we'll get to it later. Yes, I, I have seen a fair amount of the double O thanks to Build Divers. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to say about this episode? Really strong start. I'm looking forward to doing episode two in a way I often wasn't in the first part of Double O, but that's what I expected when we started this. Because like I said, the second half of Double O is in many ways a page turner. I, I am super excited. Yeah, honestly, I am too. This was a great opening to a season. Just very solid. I'm kind of excited to watch all this and have it live up to expectations so that I can just say, just go watch Gundam Double O and like have that be a recommendation I actually give someone. I mean, I'm 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 both torn because like I want to do that. But at the same time, I feel like I might be ending up, you know, overhyping it in my own head. So I'll end up being disappointed no matter how good it is. There's that. I like I also think Seed is actually very good. So I don't know. I, f I feel like I already have a Gundam recommendation to give people if I need to, but... Alright, it's a Gundam will return in Twin Drive.
I see. I'm glad they've come out again. I never thought I'd be so happy to be born under the sign of Virgo.